0: We're talking Cardinals baseball today on this Wednesday, the 15th of February. It's Matt Wehmeyer joined by Cardinals reporter Jennifer Langosh. And uh, Jennifer, the Cardinals uh, making some big-time news for uh, all the wrong reasons, unfortunately. Uh, Alex Reyes, uh, the news coming down on this Wednesday that he is indeed going to miss the entire 2017 season as uh, the 22-year-old is going to require Tommy John surgery. He complained of uh, elbow discomfort uh, for a, a couple of days, I believed, and underwent the MRI and it revealed a complete tear of the UCL in his uh, throwing right elbow. So, uh, Jen, it's it's crushing. You know, we were just commenting a, a moment ago that, you know, just as a, as a fan separating ourselves from our media duties, uh, you want to see this guy throw. He was so electric last year, uh, hitting 97, 98 routinely. Uh, we're not going to see that here in 2017. And to have this happen for a second straight year, it was uh, Lance Lynn last year. He underwent TJ surgery, missed all 2016. It's just got to be crushing for this team that they're snake-bitten once again.
2: Yeah, I mean, and it's certainly, you know, especially disappointing the fact that they couldn't even make it through their first spring training workout without sending their top prospect out for an MRI. And as you mentioned, the results within 24 hours coming back Was really the worst of news for the Cardinals, who, you know, weren't promising Alex Reyes a spot in the rotation on opening day. But um, nonetheless, we're certainly expecting him to be a key contributor in some role at some point during the year. And, you know, yeah, I mean, I think as baseball fans, you want to see the best young players in the game rise to the major league stage and be able to watch them. And, you know, Alex Reyes, you know, at least in my opinion, was going to enter this year probably is the favorite to win the rookie of the year award. He was recently ranked by MLB.com as the top pitching prospect in all of baseball. So really unfortunate now that everybody's going to have to wait until at least 2018 to see him on the mound. The only good news maybe in the timing of this is that when you think about Tommy John surgery and the recovery that comes after it, a lot of these pitchers do return to competitive play in about 12, 13 months, which if he has the surgery this week, as he's expected to could put him healthy entering spring training next year, and then, of course, entering the 2018 season. But um, it's going to test the Cardinals' rotation depth, certainly. And as you mentioned, it's becoming an all-too-familiar sight um, to the organization to have General Manager John Moselock here at spring training announce a season-ending injury to one of his players.
0: Yeah, it's just – I mean, to be blunt, it sucks. I mean, it really does suck for him, uh, for the team, and for people that wanted uh, to see this guy pitch, and we're not going to have that until at some point in uh, 2018. And, Jen, in talking to a guy who who is so young and has his entire career in front of him, he's only 22, how is he handling this? You know, I don't know if it's tougher, you know, for a veteran to go through this who has a track record or for a younger guy who, even though he only has limited uh, exposure on the big league stage – they do have youth on their side. Does that soften the blow? Like, you know, what what's his attitude right now?
2: Yeah. Well, you took the words out of his mouth because his worst say was it sucks. Um, <laughs> you know, he's really disappointed, and especially talking him today, the news was still very raw. I know he had already um, found his way over to teammate Adam Wainwright to talk to Wainwright about this because let's not forget that it was spring training of 2011 that Adam Wainwright was diagnosed with the same injury and underwent Tommy John surgery and missed that season. So. I mean, there's always risk with that surgery, and I think that's maybe the the thing he's most fearful of is the fact that his career is just getting started at the age of 22, and you never are sure how you're going to come back from this procedure. Um, It's also kind of a a gut punch in that this was the first major league spring training that Alex Reyes was going to participate in. I mean, last spring, because he was serving the suspension for the positive drug test, he was not in big league camp. He was not able to pitch in Grapefruit League play. So this was going to be his opportunity to kind of go through the motions in the major league clubhouse, get acclimated to to all his potentially new teammates. um, And here he is now going to be going through the rehab process instead. So he held his head high, Uh, disappointed too. He won't be able to participate in the world baseball classic, which he had been looking forward to. But I mean, I, I also think that just where we are in terms of the baseball industry today, I think a lot of these pitchers do understand that this is probably more likely than not going to happen at some point in their career. And, you know, perhaps for Alex Reyes, If it goes well, surgery goes well, and if the rehab goes well, he can come back as good as ever.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've seen so many guys, uh, you know, have the surgery and bounce back from it and be as good as ever. You know, a couple guys that come to mind, Matt Harvey from the Mets, uh, the late Jose Fernandez, they both came back. They were both great, and no reason to think that Reyes won't be great, too. Uh, after he undergoes the rehab and gets back on a big league mound. Now, Jen, I'm curious that uh, Reyes had experienced uh, similar discomfort in that elbow back in 2013, but at that time he was able to work through it without going under the knife. Now, that said, had there been something of a fear within the organization that maybe something like this might come up again in the future, or did the Cardinals think that, you know what, it's an isolated incident. He didn't need surgery. It's not something we have to worry about. What was the, the attitude about what he'd gone through four years ago?
2: Yeah, in talking with folks within the organization, it sounded like there was always a, that, that fear that something was coming. Um, you know, the question was, is it going to come at age 22 or age 32? And there was really kind of an unknown there. I mean, Adam Wainwright went a decade pitching with a compromised ligament in his right elbow and went a decade actually pitching quite well um, without being fully healthy. So while the Cardinals knew that. This- there was the tear. And while, you know, Reyes was able to come back in 2013 with just some rest and rehab protocol, that tear was always going to be there. And now it's, of course, gotten to the point where it's essentially, as Moseloc put it today, a ruptured um, ligament. That yeah, I mean, I think the Cardinals, again, expected this day to come. They just didn't know when it would be. And in talking to Alex Reyes, um, you know, to him, it, instead of kind of maybe being a deterioration of his ligament over time, he really believes that this was an instant just last week, when he was throwing a bullpen session, he threw an off-speed pitch and felt sudden pain in his elbow. So it was certainly compromised for some time, um, and essentially was a matter of time before something went terribly wrong.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, that time is, is now, not 10 years from now, but uh, you know maybe like you said uh, moments ago, uh, a blessing in disguise that they get this thing addressed, they get it fixed, and they get him back on the big league mound. Uh, you know, no later than age 23 or 24, and he can uh, resume what uh, was looking like a very promising career once he uh, gets to that point. So, Jen, the the million dollar question now is, you know, if you assume that Reyes was going to hold down a fourth or fifth spot in that starting rotation, who becomes the guy to fill that void now?
2: Yeah, I mean, it is really going to come down to to probably a competition of three with Michael Walker luke weaver and trevor rosenthal which is the kind of the interesting one of the group um competing for that fifth rotation spot i do believe that michael walker has the edge there of course he's having to prove that he is healthy coming off a year in which he had shoulder issues again um he did just go through a winter program that was changed from from recent off seasons past and really focused a lot on strengthening the area around his shoulder so he wouldn't be compromised in ways that he had been because let's not forget that this is a shoulder injury that has now occurred two of the last three seasons for him. So if Walker can get through spring healthy, and I'll tell you, he looks really, really strong in a bullpen session earlier today. I think he has the inside track for that fifth starter spot, but the Cardinals are going to consider Luke Weaver, a kid who we saw come up last year and pitch okay in August and September out of the rotation. And then the wild card is Trevor Rosenthal, their former closer who they're going to stretch out this spring just to give um, some flexibilities maybe where Trevor can be used. I guess it's probably still an outside shot that Rosie ends up in the rotation come opening day, um, but he is certainly going to get a look.
0: Yeah, it seems that way. And, uh, you know, assuming that, uh, you know, maybe let's say the Cardinals opt for Waka, what does Rosenthal's role become? You know, does he become a, a spot starter, an emergency starter, a guy that, you know, could set up for Son Juan I mean, what what do you see – His role being on this uh, for this team after a very difficult 2016.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's tough because I think it could be any of the above. You know, maybe in a perfect world, if if Rosenthal has a dominant spring and he doesn't make the rotation, I I could easily see him kind of working his way back into a setup spot and you know being a closer in waiting in case there's any issues with O. the other thing the Cardinals are intrigued by and this really comes from what we saw in the postseason last October is the possibility of having a really good reliever that can bridge games from a starter to the back end of the bullpen um, maybe pitch two or three innings at a time what we saw like with an Andrew Miller or even um, a Chapman at times in the postseason now, the Cardinals understand you can't replicate that over 162 games, but perhaps you know two to three outings a week of multiple innings is something that Trevor Rosenthal would be able to provide. So now really it's going to come down to what he shows in camp. One of the important things for him is going to be able to prove that he can um, use all three, four of his pitches, which he hasn't had to use um, as a closer, and also you know to see how he fares when he has to face the same lineup two or three times in order. So um, I think all that will be determined in recent weeks, but I, to me, he's certainly one of the most interesting cases in spring just because of all the places he could fit.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know the the thing that's fresh in our memories is how how much he struggled in 2016. The thing you can't overlook, though, is how good he was before 2016. If we can see that Trevor Rosenthal here in 2017, what a boon that would be for the Cardinals, especially in light of this uh, season-ending injury to Alex Reyes and uh, Jen. Backtracking just a little bit uh, to Michael Walker, he lost his uh, arbitration case. Uh, with the Cardinals, he's going to get about a half million less than what he was gunning for. Now, John Mosaylock, the GM, said that, you know, this is strictly business and he didn't expect things to be, you know, awkward or weird between, you know, Waka and himself and the team and everything. But how do you think Waka feels? Because I, I got to think that so few players go into arbitration, you know, some win, some lose. Obviously, Waka came out on the losing side. Could that have any sort of effect, you know, in spring training or throughout the season or... Could it really be, you know, business as usual, as John Mulzalock put it?
2: Yeah, I mean, we've seen instances in the past where it has fractured a relationship between player and club. I mean, both sides right now are saying all the right things in terms of, you know, kind of what was said in the hearing room can stay in the hearing room. But the reality is that Michael Walker sat in the hearing room earlier this week. And heard the Cardinals try to make their case as to why he doesn't deserve as much money as he thinks he does. So um, I think one of the things the Cardinals did that was very interesting is instead of having one of their front office members present the case, they actually hired outside counsel to present their arbitration case. And, and perhaps then, you know, by not hearing those words come from somebody within the organization, whether that's the GM or assistant GM, um, maybe it's not taken so personally. I did find it a little ironic, you know, the same day that we find out that Walker's losing his arbitration case is the same day that his presence on this team became that much more important with with Reyes going down. So you hope that everybody can move forward. If anything, um, perhaps it can serve as added motivation for Michael Walker. Um, And for the Cardinals, it was simply interesting in that they hadn't gone to an arbitration case since 1999
0: long time coming uh, yeah 18 years so uh Michael Walker losing his case but uh like you said the irony that uh this happens on the day that Reyes goes down for the season and he becomes uh as important a part of this team as he's ever been and we'll see what 2017 brings for him so Jen I want to wrap up on a, a bit of a light-hearted note uh you know the the uh the news about Reyes the big news of the week but number two in my mind was the announcement that Metallica is going to be at Bush Stadium. <laughs> on june 4th now billy joel is also going to be performing at bush stadium i can't quite recall the date but if given the choice to attend one of the concerts just one metallica or billy joel you got both ends of the musical spectrum here which concert would you be attending
2: I would definitely attend the Billy Joel one first, um, and the problem that with all these concerts is, of course, they have to schedule them when the team is on the road, of which means that I'm on the road, too, so <laughs> um, odds are I won't be at either of them, but certainly if I had the option of one or the other, Billy Joel is the place that I would be. I uh,
0: I love the Piano Man, uh, one of my favorites, but I, I got to go with my, my heavy metal roots and go to Metallica, <laughs> so uh, between the two of them, maybe we'll get both shows covered. And, uh, but like you said, it's uh, it's a bummer for you that you're going to be on the road with the team when uh, Bush Stadium is uh, is either rocking out or mellowing out. I, I'm not sure what you would say for <laughs> Billy Joel. But either way, it's going to be two spectacular shows and a big summer planned ahead for Bush Stadium on both the baseball and musical fronts, that is for sure. Great place to wrap it up. Jen Langosh, we appreciate the time. We'll do it at this time again next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, St. Louis Cardinals.
1: MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming